Hi. The Common Man and T-Bone podcast is brought to you by Care Heating and Cooling. Cold or sweaty is no way to go through life. Call my guys at Care Heating and Cooling for all your heating and cooling needs. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. And stay tuned after the podcast for special bonus content from past shows. Rude and sexy! Bye. That's right. You're now listening to Common Man and T-Bone. I never would have sought out a blurry channel in my life if as a nine-year-old I got home from school and was like, oh, what's on E? Naked people. This is erotic to you? It's not. No, it's not. Watching people get I cut up in when, surgery? Like, what's the matter with you? I said Little when, Bone comes home from school. Ah, like, oh, yeah, this is doing it for me. Cut that chick up, That's you the- serial killer freak. Featuring Panama Ted, imported from Panama. Thank you, Ted. You suck. The Anna Ray on traffic. Five minute delay. And a bunch of internet sounds that make no sense. To reach around the guy. <laughs> you gotta squat and be ready. Balls <laughs> on his chest. Strap in and strap it on. This is Man and Bone. <laughs> Happy weekend. Welcome in. Hello, Bone. Hello, man. Oh, we had a big week's worth of shows. Lots of news today, man. We've got college football spinning out of control. The Cleveland Indians have a new name. I know that I'm just taking words out of Ted's mouth. He'll have nothing else to say. (laughs) The fine producer of this program is Panama Ted. Did I just ruin everything you were going to say? You said a few of the things, yeah, that we're going to talk about today on the show. Okay. Would you like to hear more? Not right now. Okay. All right. Back to you, Bone. It'll be great. This yeah, will be a great you, preview. Bone. I can't wait. Well, I'm excited because it's the weekend, so... Olympics. We're working hard. Yeah, I was up early today watching the Olympics, and you saw what happened, obviously. It was a pretty big... Uh, yeah, that guy just caught on fire. Pretty big thing. <laughs> just, it's weird for... Busted. Uh, javelin. Usually you don't see that. I don't know why javelin. they lit the Javelin on fire. Yeah. <laughs> it was actually a car, an AMC Javelin. That's what they were... It was an old Javelin from the 70s. That's what they were doing. We are leading up into Buckeye replay at noon today. I think it's Buckeyes in Michigan from 2002. Don't hold me to it, but that's what I think it is. Well, fingers crossed they can pull that one out, Mike. I, don't I think know what they happened. do. Okay. Spoiler alert. I think they do. Uh, Panama, Ted, what's coming up on the show? Well, as you talked about, yeah, we had Big Ten media days this week. And the Buckeyes, of course, they were picked to dominate the Big Ten again this year. We got the chaos with uh, Texas and Oklahoma and the SEC. We tell you what the uh, Big Ten should do to maybe protect themselves against the SEC expansion. The Olympics, they did get underway. And we tell you why it'll be difficult for the athletes to have sexy time. And we tell you the proper way to put up statues of famous people and how to do that. All right. Mm. Oh, and of course, last night you had the the draft, the NHL draft, draft yep. where the wow, you know you what, happened what happened there. with the draft. <laughs> it was so crazy <laughs> how that went down. Yeah, Rimmer just was streaking on the stage. He also naked. lit a, he lit a javelin on fire and then drove it into like off a cliff. Blue jacket select, <laughs> flaming javelin man. I'd go. That'll sell tickets right there. Just a guy who lights himself on fire before every game and goes out there and scores goals. Love it. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend starts now. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. Big Ten Media Days start up today. The Cleveland Plain Dealer released their preseason media poll. Would you like to hear it? Say yes. Yes, let's do it. Uh, in the Big Ten West, Wisconsin got 29 first place votes for a total of 233 points. Iowa had five first place votes. They tallied up 202 points. So it's Wisconsin, it's Iowa. Hmm. Then it's Northwestern, Minnesota, Nebraska, Purdue, Illinois. I'll tell you, 
Nebraska wants to talk all the time about how they're back or they're trying to come back. Or Well, their schedule is so tough. That's why. Yeah. I mean, look at this. Northwestern, as good as they were last year, made the Buckeyes' life miserable, right? Yep. That was a tough game. Yep. Big Ten Championship game. But let's not forget, they're bringing back, I think, like 35 or 40% of their offensive production from last year. So that's a big problem for them. The fact that Nebraska's not thought of more highly by the people who look at this stuff all the time, that's a little concerning. I know, obviously, Northwestern is a much better track record, but they've lost a ton. That just shows you how bad Nebraska is, that even with them losing some, too, they're not they're not thought of as at least a little closer to Northwestern. I know sometimes we get sort of caught up in our own little world, and we forget about things that we shouldn't forget about, but I forgot until I turned on Big Ten Media Days today on Big Ten Network that Brett Bielema is back in this conference. Oh, as the head coach of Illinois. I had, for, I, I had forgotten I, that. You know what? It's a it's a pleasant surprise that I think a lot of people are going to be awoken to throughout the next month and a half or so as people start reengaging with college football. Get back into the swing of things. Pick up your Bill Steele Bible or whatever you, you know, go to to read. All that stuff. You're right. We're going to see a lot of Brett Bielema. We're going to hear some whining from Brett Bielema this year. I can't wait for that guy to fail miserably at Illinois. Cannot wait. Now, this is good for us. It's bad for everybody else in this conference. Big Ten East. 34 people voted in this poll from the Plain Dealer. Mm -hmm. All 34 said Ohio State wins the Big Ten East. They got all 34 first-place votes for a grand total of 238 points. Wisconsin is second with 192 points. Then it's Indiana. Then it's Meat Chicken. Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan State. 28 people say Big Ten championship game is Ohio State over Wisconsin. Five people say Big Ten championship game is Ohio State over Iowa. Mm -hmm. High. (laughs) And one person says Wisconsin over Ohio State. One person. All right. One media member in this informal poll. I'm not, by the way, I'm not crapping on that one media They're member. I have no idea who Wisconsin's this person is. going to be really good. That's fine. But that speaks to the level of Ohio State and then everybody else in this conference. There is no discussion, really. Not who's just going to win one division, but yeah. win the whole thing. There's no discussion. You're, you're right. It, that's a good point because my brain instantly went to, like, what idiot thought that? But then again, that just shows how dominant Ohio yes, State is. that's been. how used to it we that, are. One person saying, well, actually, I think Ohio State may not win this entire conference. That's the one that would get people to go, well, who's that person? Are they trying to make a name for themselves? What are they doing here? Are they going to, you know, have a hot take? Where's that? Like, that is so out of left field almost to even suggest that Ohio State will not win this conference. That just shows you how good Urban was and Ryan Day is. And how bad everybody else is. Well, both in this right? conference. I mean, yes, it's, it's, it has to be both. It can't just be it's, one. It's yeah. I mean, I was at the Mets game, the Reds game yesterday. Why well, I called it the Mets game. Well, you went was, to the Reds game. They were playing the Mets. The Mets. It was the Mets game All right. last night, my friend, yesterday afternoon. But in that, like I was thrown as a Mets fan. They demolished the Reds seven to nothing. Marcus Stroman threw a one hitter, whatever. But is that because the Mets were great? No, it was because the Reds pitching sucked. What was his name? Uh, Jeff Hoffman, I think. Bad. Bye-bye. Don't don't ever have Bad. that guy again. But, like, there's no way I could walk out of that game and say, yeah, the Mets are just that much better than the Reds. It was a situation where both were – the Mets were doing well that day. The Reds were awful. 
And I don't think you can really parse that out when you look at dominance in any sport and certainly not in college football. Yeah. Ohio state, as much as we Buckeye fans want to say, it's just because Ohio state's great. Ohio state is great. They're doing as good as you can do as far as recruiting and everything else. But if Michigan was doing similarly to what Ohio state was doing, if Penn state was doing what they should be doing, Nebraska and on and on, it would be a tougher conference. It would be harder for Ohio state. There would not be 33 out of 34 people who vote on this, who cover the sport saying, yeah, Ohio state's just going to roll in the next title game and be fine. It's no question. That is a testament to both how good Ohio state is and how bad this conference is. Well, it's even, I think a step further than that too, because this is an anonymous poll. So you would think that if anybody wanted to just troll, Sure. Or be well, a hating ass hater and say, they, hey, secretly, you know what I, they secretly held it, but they thought it would be embarrassing to say it. Yeah. Right. I hate Ohio state. I know I'm not going to be outed here. So, you know what? I'll just screw them and I'll pick Northwestern to win everything. They're not even doing that. This is anonymous. And everybody says, yeah, it's Ohio state. Well, that's the, so that's your storyline for the entire season. Like it is most years, right? Most years around here, we Buckeye fans have the opinion, rightfully so that if you don't win the big 10, that's a failure of a season. You don't beat Michigan. That's a failure of a season. Yes. It's great to have that mentality and I love it, but people sometimes who will look at it from the outside or maybe people who aren't big college football fans, they'll say, why do Buckeye fans have such high expectations? Because they should. Because everyone in the country who looks at this and pays attention to college football says it would be shocking if Ohio state does not win this conference because of all the factors we just mentioned. You are out recruiting. You are out coaching and you are more talented than anybody else in this conference. So you tell me how it's unacceptable to do anything other than win this conference. You are you are out developing the talent too. That's the other part that I I know we talk about all that coaching is what you're yeah, bringing up. Yeah, you're there, out but, coaching. But like you get these players in. It's it's the recruiting is a big part of it, but Michigan recruits pretty well. Penn State has some pretty good recruiting classes. It's about the fact that Ohio State when they get here, they turn into NFL most of the players that are Factors on Saturday, they are looking like NFL prospects. Now, not all of them will make it to the NFL or be any good once they get there, but there are a lot of guys that you look around on offense and defense in the two deep and go, that guy's got an NFL body. That guy plays like an NFL player. He does the things you're supposed to do. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's developing the talent once you get it, and they do a fantastic job. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. A glimpse of all the meaningless conversation from the past week. Oh, this is your lucky day. Now back to the stupid. The Indians have decided that after this season, they will no longer be the Indians. They will be the Cleveland Guardians. All right, here's my thoughts on this. And I will preface it by saying what all of you know already. This is not my team. And I say this because that matters. Because I can't tell you how a real Indians fan feels about this because I am not a real Indians fan. I am looking at this from an outsider's viewpoint. But here's my take on it. I've said this before. If my wife were to tragically die and I decided to get back on the horse and see what else was out there for me, I wouldn't go and seek out a blonde white woman because I always I already was married to that girl. I would want the complete opposite. Mm. All right, I want the complete opposite of blonde and white. Okay. 
So that's so you 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 would go a different route. I want to go a different way. I'm not going to try and recreate something I previously had. I want to go a different way. So if I were in charge of this, and it were my team, like it or not, that was going to change an identity, I wouldn't want to keep the same colors and keep a name that sort of sounds like the name I already had. I want to rip the Band-Aid off and start from scratch. And it would be weird, and it would be different, but it's a different journey. I don't want it to resemble the past. Baseball, I know, is a little bit more complicated. Sports is more complicated because you already have a built-in history. And I'm not saying you erase all that history. But if it were my team, I wouldn't want the same colors and I wouldn't want a name that sounds like the name I already had. Guardians, Indians, it's same syllables. The script is pretty much going to be the same. Maybe that's easier for you, the Indian fan, because it's not such harsh of change. But for me, I would want a completely new direction, new colors, new name, maybe a nod to the past, go with spiders, go with naps, something like that. This is fine in terms of a name. I don't have a problem with the name itself. I just would want to go in a different direction. Yeah, I mean, I I understand what you're saying there, and I, I don't think that's wrong. I think there were plenty of people who saw that and said, that's what I would prefer too. But I, I also know this. I mean, like you said, it's not about what you or I want because I'm also not an Indians fan. I'm a Mets fan. You're a White Sox fan. The Indians fans, they, I, you know, they'd have to do their own research. I know the the front office did on what the fans truly want. Here are the downsides to every one of these decisions, right? If you go with spiders and you go like, I don't know, green and purple or something like you know, just some weird color combination that has nothing to do with the city or at least nothing to do with I this franchise. black and red would be a good sure. color scheme okay. for spider. Yeah, you want to rip off the reds? You know, I mean, they, <laughs> I'm sure. Like, you see what I mean? The problem is when you go down this road is no matter what you do, there's a downside to every one of these decisions. Black and red, teal and purple, that's too wild and crazy. Spiders, well, what about people who don't like spiders? Or that's just, ew, I don't like spiders. This is a stupid name. Why are we going back to something from 100 years ago or whatever? There's that downside. There's also what would be said if you went to spiders would be now you're just erasing everything. You're wiping everything clean. I can't wear anything that I used to wear, even if it says Cleveland on it because the wrong colors. They're making me buy all this new stuff and screw the Dolans, blah, blah, blah. I'm not defending the Dolans, but what I am saying is I bet they looked at some of that and said, okay, our fans like a lot of what our brand was. We obviously can't keep it. How do we keep it somewhat, but totally not do the Native American thing that we're trying to get away from, which good for them. They should. Guardians does have the tie to the city with the statues on the bridge on the, what is that? The hope uh, Memorial bridge, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they've got, they've got that tie in, which is clever. The name itself is, I don't want to say generic. That's not the right term, but look at what a lot of sports teams are doing now, Mike. They're going, you know, you've years ago, you had the Titans come in, right? You have the Minnesota wild, the Knights in Vegas, like these are a little bit more generic and hopeful, even the Kraken in Seattle, it's mythological. It's, it's more broad. It's not something super Uber specific. And I think that's more where they're going here is not trying to say we're, we're this one little animal and you know exactly what it is. It's a little spider running around. No, I I think they're trying to find something that gives it a better identity. I can see the downside though. Clearly is 
you basically just took Indians and lopped off half the name and put something else in front of DNs. That's that's what you've done. You've changed out in for guard, and now everything else looks almost identical. It does look cheap, but the other side of that is you get to wear a lot of your Cleveland garb that you previously had, and you're not going to look out of place. Yes, you're right. And and I like you said, ultimately, it doesn't matter what you and I think of it. No. It's what does the fan base think? And, and by the way, I, I understand th- being upset I, you should be thankful, though, that this didn't just just last forever like it has with the Washington football team. Mm-hmm. I agree right? with I that. Mean, they, they made a decision. They were going to change the name. Once they had the name, they shared it with you. Now, I'm sure they, they had it months ago. Of course, they had to uh, you know, have that video produced and all that stuff. That just didn't happen yesterday. Right. But it's not like they're holding it off until the offseason. They spring it on you. You have plenty of notice now. Before next season starts. But I understand how frustrating this is. But you knew this was coming. So the argument is not. They shouldn't have changed the name. We're past that. It is. Do you like the name that they picked? It's very simple. Tweet the program at man and bone 971. I did see a a survey. And it was just one. And I forgot where I saw it. Maybe Teddy can refresh my memory. Because we were talking about it before the show. But it was, do you like Guardians? And over, it was like 52% or something said yes. And if that's the case, if 52% of Indians fans are saying, yes, I like the name Guardians, that's a win. It is. That's, that's a win because with something like this, where you change a name of a team that has been in existence for 120 years, that's a tough sell. And if you can get half of your fan base to buy in day one, then I guess you've done something right. Right. I think to your point, like one thing that is good about this from the buy-in standpoint is I've already seen people tweeting and saying, why can't I get any merch? There's not any Guardians merch online and all that other stuff. I'm trying not to want six of one on one side and half a dozen of the other on the other side here because when the crew stuff came down a couple you know, weeks or months ago now, when they changed that logo, which obviously was very different, right? There was not a big movement to need to change the logo. Not a lot of fans were saying it needed to happen. Certainly there was not outside pressure to change it like there is with the Indians name. At that time when that came out, it was like, this is happening. All the stuff is available for sale. Yeah. We've got tables engraved with the logo. Oh, and by the way, the stadium's opening up in a month and we've got all this signage up. And all the crew fans rightfully so said, whoa, Hank, whoa, wait. And it was so far down the tracks that there was no way you could stop it. I'm not saying that the Guardians thing would get derailed, but if it had been rolled out this morning and within 10 minutes, somebody was like, hey, that G they used harkens back to some like horrible thing in history that we forgot about or we didn't catch the Indians people didn't catch when they were making all this stuff. And suddenly it became this like, oh my gosh, they cannot go forward with this logo. There's not a lot out there yet that prevents them from pulling it back, modifying it, changing it. I don't think they will. I'm just saying they're rolling it out in the middle of a season right before the Olympics start, right? The Friday of the Olympics starting, you've got football season in a month. And then after that, it's going to go for a few months. Baseball season's going to wind down. They're going to roll this out over time. I bet you in a month or so, you will see gear being sold on the store. You will see them clearing out all the old merch and bringing in some new merch for people to buy, but not having it available kind of creates a buzz, right? For some people, there are people who are saying, I wish I could buy this right now, but I can't. So when they announce, Hey, August 15th, 
all the merch will be available. People will mark that down and actually go buy it. I mean, it they're allowing it to sink in. Yes, it'll take a little time to do that. People will get used to it. You'll see it around town if you're up in Cleveland, I'm sure. You'll see it down here, too. And then the offseason will come around, and by that point, you'll have made some more peace with it. You'll start to see it on more things. They'll have a uniform unveiling, all those things. And then spring, by the time spring training gets here and everyone's calling them guardians and they're wearing guardian stuff, there will be a lot of time for all of this change to have happened. And they won't have even played a game in the new uniform yet, let alone if they then go and win some games. I'm saying as much as the Dolans are stupid, I'm not defending them at all. I do think this rollout actually has somewhat of a plan to it that maybe other sports teams rollouts have not had over the last few years. At man and bow nine, seven, one on Twitter. If you're an Indians fan, we want to hear from you. And I don't, I don't want to hear they shouldn't change the name. All right. That's off the table. This they're changing the name. This is the new name. Do you like the name? And if not, would you rather just have a fresh start? New name that doesn't sound like Indians. New colors. Tell me what you would want instead. We keep changing the locks, but they keep finding new ways to get in. It's Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. The best or worst from the past week. Now back to the show. The NCAA yesterday released some public tax records. Okay. And so we got to look at how much NCAA President Mark Emmert is making. And this isn't necessarily breaking news because we had heard that he was making this anyway and it has been confirmed, he is making $3 million during this period. Mm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So $3 million, he's the head of the NCAA. I don't know why some people are surprised by that. I'm not. I'm not saying he should be making that. I'm just not surprised by the amount. What I was surprised by, the NCAA's legal fees during yeah. this time period. Did you see this number? Uh, no, give it to me. $68 million. Just on legal fees, $68 million to say that, yeah, you know what? Never mind. Maybe like we've gotten to a point now where at the end of all this, Mark Emmert has come out and said, eh, you know, maybe we shouldn't even have the NCAA. Like they fought this, yes! they fought this extraordinarily hard to now all they're done is come out at the end and say, yeah, you're probably right. We, we kind of suck. But what a bunch of wasted money. Of course it is. $68 million. Speaking of a staggering sum of money. You were telling me earlier today about Nick Saban. He was talking to some high school coaches, I think. Yes. In the state of Alabama. Which player was he talking about? One of his quarterbacks. Who's who's the guy? He's talking about uh, the the guy who's taking over at quarterback, Bryce Young. Bryce Young. He was saying, Bryce, without giving an amount, name, image, and likeness has been active for what? Two weeks? Yeah, two and a half. Two and a half weeks? around there. He is saying that Bryce Young, despite not taking a snap as the starting quarterback at Alabama has secured almost a million dollars worth of endorsements. Here's his quote to the Texas High School Coaches Association. Nick Saban said, quote, certain positions probably enhance opportunities to create value like quarterback, and our quarterback already has approached ungodly numbers. I'm not going to say what they are, and he hasn't even played yet, hasn't even started. It's almost seven figures, and it's like the guy hasn't even played yet, but that's because of our brand. Let him live. And you know what he's doing there? Now, maybe you look at this and say Nick Saban's just being crotchety. Oh, he's... Maybe he is, but I think you know he's being he's smart. Doing. He's recruiting. Yes, he is. Is what he's doing. Telling he's saying our brand is so strong. This guy hasn't done diddly squat for us, and he's almost got a million dollars of endorsements uh, three months before the season starts. Yeah. Two yeah. months before the season starts. Yeah, he's going to help him with recruiting a quarterback. He did say this, though, which I also think is a unique amount of honesty from Nick Saban. But then again, 
he's talking to football coaches. He knows they know what's really likely to happen and what's not. He said Aaron Rodgers makes $24 million a year, probably makes several million dollars in endorsements because he's the quarterback. The right guard probably makes a million dollars a year, and he doesn't get any money for endorsements. The same thing is going to happen to our team. Not saying they're going to make $24 million, but saying your quarterback's going to make a lot of endorsement money. You know, star yeah. running back or wide receiver. It's going to happen that defensive way. Defensive end might, but... Yeah, there's going to be positions and players that don't make a lot of money, and that's that's true too. So, but it's almost like though, if you you band together and you sign on for a video game license, mm-hmm. right, where they have to use your name and image for the video game, yep, that money would get spread around. That would be good, and they would and make think, money off that. I don't know, man. Do you think most college athletes would say, "Yeah, I'm not making millions and millions of dollars a year, but I do get an extra, you know, eight hundred bucks a month." in a check because my name is on this video game. You know, don't you think most college athletes say I'll take, I'll still take that. That's great. Yeah. And you know what? If you're the starting left tackle at Alabama, you're making money. <laughs> you're making yeah. money. Yeah. The guard, the guard probably is too, depending yeah. on where it is at Alabama. You're right? making not, money. If you're the starting right guard at Kansas, maybe that's not. different, but yeah, you come to Alabama, you come to Ohio state, you come to Clemson and you're a big time player. There will be people, not maybe not the giant corporations that are doing the endorsements with the quarterbacks, but you'll find a way to make some money, 100%. $68 million in legal That's a good thing, too, by the way. Doesn't the NCAA constantly say, well, where are we going to get the money for this stuff? And it's not even their money, right? The schools have to fund it. But the NCAA suddenly found $68 million to defend themselves legally. Interesting. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. Let's talk about Mike Leach. He is the, the pirate. He loves pirates. Ho, ho, ho. Ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. He's good for his quotes. And he says 12-team college football playoff, not good enough. He wants to see more. Yeah, he was asked as the uh, Mississippi State head coach at SEC Media Day, he was asked whether 12 teams is enough. He said, quote, it's never enough, but I'll tell you what, Mark Keenum, our president, is on that committee, so I know they're in good hands. I think that part is outstanding. I think 12 teams is a huge step in the right direction. I personally would like to see 64 and you could map it out pretty easily. I don't think you could map it out pretty easily. Ha ha ha. He he he. Um, I also know who uh, would not be for it is uh, Dabo Swinney would not who, be who for cares? it. You know what? Whatever Dabo's against, I'm for. Well, no, I'm saying Dabo wouldn't be for the 64 teams because he's not even for the 12. He well, says, that's right. That's what I mean. He if says Dabo's his, against yeah. it, it must be right. Dabo is just, he's so full of his own dumb logic, I know, too. I know, he and said, it bothers me that he's so damn he successful. Said, our te- yeah, I know. He says, our team isn't for it. They don't want to play more games. I don't know if there's 12 teams good enough. Hey, Dabo, how are you with forecasting? Remember last year where you said Ohio State was the 11th best team in the country? Remember that? How'd that go for you? Maybe maybe Dabo's not great at figuring out who the 12 best teams are, and maybe he doesn't really know. In fact, he thought Ohio State was the 11th best team. If they had been, I would have liked to see them in the playoffs playing a team like Dabo's, who was probably second at the time, first or second at least. Maybe that would have been a good... Oh, it was a good game. We did see that, except right. they weren't ranked 11th. They were in the top four. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. One of these two guys will be guilty of an earth-shattering NCAA scandal. I mean, a scandal to the point where their entire credibility is tarnished forever. Are they getting a show cause, like a 10-year show cause? Show cause, fire ants on their crotch. (laughs) (laughs) That's a new punishment. Everything. Mark Emmert's like, no court can tell us not to do this. 
Actually, they can, Mark. Fire crotch on their ants. Everything. And that's all right. (laughs) All right. Listen to me. All right. Listen. I'm here. I'm back. One of those those two guys. Right. One of these two guys. You you get to pick one. Nick Saban or Dabo Swinney. As much as I hate Nick. Oh, man. Oh, dude. It's not even a contest. Uh, It's Dabo. It's Dabo. 100%. Yeah. What are we talking about? Look. Nick Saban, here, here's what's problem. Here's frustrating for me with Nick Saban. I know he's crotchety. I know he's grouchy. He's I know he's all those things. He's fire got crotchety. fire ants somewhere. I don't know. Whatever. Or fire, whatever you said. The point is, <laughs> SOB, got me good. Anyway, all I know is Nick Saban annoys me, but Nick Saban is like Tom Brady at this point where I don't like that he's successful. I don't like that he's won all that. There is no denying Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach of all time. There is no denying that yeah, Tom Brady. we could take him down. Well, okay. We could take him down. That's fine. He's going to retire at some point, I believe. Just like Tom Brady will eventually retire at some point. Or get tired of just kicking everyone's ass. I don't know. Dabo could be around for another 20 years. So I would much rather. And he is so full of himself. I would love to see him fall from grace. Yes, I would vote for Dabo in a heartbeat. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. Kevin Warren. Not sold on expanded college football playoffs. What a shock. He says, I don't know what the right number is. Anytime you can provide student athletes an expanded opportunity to win a national championship, that's beneficial. But this is a season and summer of being methodical. By our next college football playoff meeting in September, I want to talk to all of our coaches, athletic directors, faculty reps, senior women administrators, and current and former student athletes and get a sense from them because we need to be really thoughtful in this area. He says, how much is enough? Sometimes it's perceived as more is better, but sometimes it's not. I believe in expansion, but what is that right mixture of the number of games that's proper? What impact has it had on their health and wellness, not only on the following season, but down the road in their future? What about from an athletic or academic standpoint? We need to make sure that although we're focused on evaluating expansion, we have to do it in a really thoughtful manner. I'm pleased we have this summer. I've started those conversations and learned a lot. What does this do to our bowl partners from a relationship standpoint? What's the right structure from a media standpoint? These things are all critically important. I said this yesterday. I'll repeat it again today. If this is the guy who is principally handling Big Ten expansion we are effed in yep. this conference. Well, as far as getting any big name teams, yes. yeah. We are screwed in this conference. Yeah. Now, like I'm sure you said yesterday, there's got to be some of the people in this conference, like Gene Smith, Barry Alvarez, et cetera, who can maybe reach yes. out and do those That's type what of I, things. But they have or to Kevin, be allowed to do that, that by Kevin, Kevin Warren. And Kevin Warren then isn't on any conversations about it. He doesn't. He can say, no, we, I haven't talked to anybody. He's not lying. If, that, if he doesn't want to do that, but you're right. You know, those comments too sounded like to me, it sounded like someone who came from NCAA land 10 years ago mm-hmm. and is moving at the speed the NCAA used to move at. I don't know if Kevin Warren is paying attention to what's happened over the last couple of years, but now you're, you have name, image, and likeness changing everything instantly. You've gone from, we will never be involved with anything resembling paying the players to now, Nick Saban saying, my guy's going to make a million dollars. He's never never started a game for us. 
you have got gambling going up everywhere in the country, regardless of if the NCAA is getting involved with it. It's happening. It's a realism around college sports as much as it is pro sports. You have court decisions left and right telling the NCAA to stuff it. You you have to be quick. You cannot be, as much as I respect what he's saying about being methodical and thorough and we want to involve all these stakeholders, and that's great. You have to do that quickly in today's landscape, not just with the NCAA, with business. You have to be able to move and think quickly. You are exactly right. And and, and that maybe that is what he's doing behind the scenes, but if I had the year that Kevin Warren just had, I would want everyone to know when they hear me talk, I would want them to know I am proactive, not reactive. Mm -hmm. I am on top of things. I am in front of things. I am not going to sit back and let everybody else make decisions. And then I just go, well, I guess is Kansas still around. Can we talk to them? What's Oklahoma state up to? Like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I want to make sure everyone knows that I'm involved and I'm, I'm a big player in everything. Good or bad. Maybe it shouldn't be this way, but it is. The rest of these conference commissioners are playing checkers. And my fear is that Kevin Warren is sitting here playing chess. Where yeah. these guys are reacting, they're like, I'm going to jump you. And you have Kevin Warren taking three hours between moves saying, well, let's really think about this. Meanwhile, Oklahoma and Texas beating their eyes at the SEC. They've got something done on paper. You have to act now. Act now well, and quick. And and I know. And again, I want to be clear. I respect the thoughtful approach, but paralysis by analysis yeah, is a job thing. though. And meanwhile, when everyone else in college football is like, how we doing? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like they're, you're they're, exactly right. They're sprinting out of the gates and you're like, is my horse ready to go? Does the saddle? Let me you're check. Still rubbing the you're horse. Like, you're yeah. massaging and they're it. like, well, hot dog, three different horses. Yeah. They're just firing six shooters and you're sitting there going, I hope my horse is ready. Do we have horseshoes on this horse? Like, no, that time has passed. You've got to move quick. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend, celebrating all the award-winning material from the past week. Also celebrating Big Voice Guy being a pathological liar. Let's get back to the show. Panama Ted had an experience today. (laughs) He he ate a Fifth Avenue bar. Mm Mm-hmm. He had never had one before. You were you were very nice to buy one for him. Yeah, thanks, Bone. Well, here's the thing. So I didn't realize you'd never had one. No, never. we had talked about Fifth Avenues a while ago, and maybe yeah. I had forgotten in that conversation where you said you hadn't had one, but you told me the other day, you're like, yeah, if you're ever in a gas station and you see a Fifth Avenue bar, can you pick one up for me? Because so, I never come across them. Yeah, I can't find them anywhere near me. I've been to several gas stations, and you guys had talked about these. It was probably over a year ago during the pandemic, one of our silly shows we were talking about them, candy bars, and you mentioned the Fifth Avenue bar, and it sounded delicious. I love I love it. I love a good Fifth Avenue bar. So I knew that there were a couple gas stations that I usually stop in to get gas and or other refreshments. And I know they had them. So I I stopped today and grabbed you what I thought would be a year supply for you. I grabbed you three of them because I figured you'd. He ate a whole bite. I I did. He didn't eat it all at once, though. He had a little bit earlier (laughs) and went back to it. That's how Teddy operates. Yeah, 260 calories. I had to space those out, you know. (laughs) And do a few does that, laps. Does that work differently on your body if you space it out? Well, no. you might burn you might no, burn them off a little bit. You know, doing all this work <laughs> in here where you got to you know sit there and push buttons, and then all of a sudden you, right. you burn them off through that, and then you go get some more. Sure, it's like pre workout. I understand. Now it's been a while since I've had the Fifth Avenue bar. I should try it again because I am not a fan of the new recipe of Butterfinger. Oh, okay. I I, I don't like the new and improved. I say new and improved. It's been a couple of years, but I, I don't like what they did to it. And Here, yes, I can taste the difference. I think true fat asses will understand what I'm about to say. The Butterfinger, it feels like, because there are, you know, crunchity layers of Butterfinger. Crispity, crunchity. Yeah. 
but they're more compressed to the point that they almost become one continuous piece of crunchy. Does that make sense? And the Fifth Avenue bar, I feel like, is more stratified. It feels like there's more layers to it that more are a layers more of sediment. Yeah. So when you crunch into that, there's little pits that are breaking yes. off, little bits and pieces that are breaking off more. I don't know. I like the Fifth Avenue slightly better than a Butterfinger. I'm not going to lie. We were also talking about the Whatchamacallit bar Those during are the great break. too, yeah. Teddy, will you do me a favor? Go on YouTube. I'm sure they have it. The old Whatchamacallit theme song, because I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it was something like, whatever it is, whatever it was. Whatchamacallit. Yeah, I remember that too. That's uh, How I come was... we don't have more candy bar commercials in 2021? We're fatter than ever. That's a good question. I'm trying to think if I... There's got it. Well, Twix. There's, there's lots no, of Twix. There's lots of Twix and there's M&Ms. lots of Reese's. A lot of Reese's. Reese's. And M&M's are doing their thing. Yeah. I may be talking out of my ass. Maybe there's a lot no, of No, but them. you know what? I, <laughs> but yeah, I don't Skittles. recall I don't recall a ton of Butterfinger commercials. I don't recall well, a Bart ton Simpson of... Bart Simpson would be the Butterfinger. Oh, no, back in the day, I'm yeah. saying now. Today, I don't see a lot of Butterfinger commercials being done. I don't see a lot of, like I said, Fifth Avenue, I think is great. Kit Kat? It's been a yeah, while since I've we, seen it. Give me a break. Uh, that's true. I'm trying to think if we had... No. I think you're right. Kit Kat, by the way, they've really hit on something with all the multiple flavors. Like, I love a regular Kit Kat, but... What's your go-to flavor? Well, now they've got the mint and chocolate, which is really good. I've had that one. They also have the key lime pie, which is not totally not like a Kit Kat bar, but it is delicious. It's fantastic. is it? I'm surprised you like that. I like key lime pie. I know you do, but I like key lime pie too, but I haven't reached for that one. Well, that's... A, that's Most underrated candy bar. Oh. You can only pick one. Man. I got to sit back and think on this because there's it so doesn't many. Have to be, I said bar. It doesn't have to be a bar. Because a candy can, thing you can get in the candy, candy aisle right, at a candy store. Candy thing yeah. because the uh, the Take 5, I've always been a big fan of the Take 5, mm-hmm. and pretzel M&Ms. I don't think pretzel, pretzel M&Ms, are good. M&Ms get enough love. They're very good. I'm trying to think of what's underrated, though. Like, I, I, don't, I don't recall a lot. Like, most of the candies that I like, I don't recall people saying, like, no, I've never heard of that. I don't know what you're talking well, I about. Well, I don't, I don't, they've heard of them. They're not necessarily in the rotation. Yeah, that's fair. Well, like a Fifth Avenue would be a great Fifth example Avenue of that. Fifth Avenue is, I think it's fairly underrated. I just didn't want to, you know, that's when we're just talking about it. We're trying McCall? not to be prisoner of the moment. Did you find the theme song? Watch McCall's really I good. I think I do. I'm going to play this for you. It's, All right, well, it's, it's very it clean vintage. version. Yeah, it's a clean version, yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, play it for me. Bob Dylan. Yeah, whatever it is, whatever it was. Sounds like porn. I mean, I can't see it, but... What were they doing to us back in the day? Yes! No wonder I'm so conflicted. I'm standing there looking at the candy aisle for a while. I want want sex or candy. Subconsciously, this lady's singing in my ear. I was not ready for that. Um, you know, I think the, uh, I'll say this is an underrated candy. Um, you've had a Nestle Crunch bar. You know, at the movie theater, they have the Nestle Crunch clusters. Yes. Those are great. I mean, there's not, it's not like you got a lot going on there. It's just chocolate and crispy stuff. You know, I'm not actually but, a fan of the Nestle Crunch. Really? Well, the Kristen bar, loves them. The bar itself is fine. I don't, I could the, take cho- it or leave it. the chocolate to me isn't up to par. The Nestle chocolate. 
I think the candy, I think the chocolate candy in most candy bars is probably not up to par. There's just other stuff in there that distracts well, not you not necessarily, it. because I can sit and have a Hershey bar, and okay. I'm, I'm eating right. it just for the chocolate. So it's the Nestle people you have something against. The yes. Hershey people you love. I don't have a problem with Hershey. Okay, I got you. Nestle, Euro trash, get out of here. Nestle has an office in Marysville. I drive by it well, often. They may have an office, but I think they're still European owned. Are they? they? I don't know. I don't and know. By the way, at this point, I don't Hershey's know could be European owned. I have no idea. <laughs> I just know they have Hershey Park out in PA. I know, but I just, it's, it's probably antiquated, but I, I think of Hershey's, I think of America. That's okay. Maybe it's wrong because obviously Bud, Budweiser is internationally owned now. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily care where they're owned by. Yeah, I'll, I'll say though the Nestle clusters, the the Nestle Crunch clusters, I do think are fairly underrated. If you haven't tried them, go try some the next time you're in a store. Well, I guess my answer would be most underrated is something that you can only get seasonally, which I think is criminal. But in Europe, it's all year round, and that is the Cadbury oh, egg. Oh yeah, sure. I don't know why we just have Cadbury egg for a certain time of the year. Here's a question. Do people underrate the Cadbury egg or is it just not available? Because I tend to think most people are aware of how great Cadbury eggs well, are. Well, then why? Are, are these companies averse to profit and making money? Yeah, probably. I don't know. No, I don't know no. what they're, they're not averse to that, but I don't know what the reasoning is. Maybe you're right. There is special. No, we need to get to the bottom of this. Dude, but you, you know this. Today you went to the gas station, you said, you want anything? And I said, hey, because you know my drink. The summertime drink that I love. I get paid nothing to say it. I love a good Baja Blast. T-Bone here for Baja Blast. Now it's at Taco Bell all year round, but they put it out in the bottles in the summer. And I said, if you're out at the gas station and you see that, get me one because I like it. Why don't they make that all year round? I don't know. But it's, I went to Taco Bell once and asked them, I said, are you ever going to cancel this drink? Because I just need to know because I like it so much. And they said, listen here, if we, <laughs> look, look at here, if we canceled Baja Blast at Taco Bell, we would lose 80% of our customers. I said, you're kidding me. They're like, no, it's the most popular drink we have here by far. I had no idea. So now, you know, people like it at the restaurant. Why not put it out in the other places? Why not have 12 packs all the time? I don't know. Now but they, that's what they do. If it were in the store all the time, because now you got to go to Taco Bell to get it mm-hmm. unless it's summertime. And then you walk in, you can find yeah, it in a bottle right. or a can. Yeah. But if it were in the store all the time, do you think you drink it as much? Would it lose that sense of specialness? I'm, I'm going to take your question and answer it with a question of my own. That's if, the most obnoxious thing ever, but go ahead. Well, take it up with the guy who invented it, some dude in the Bible. I'll leave it at that. Anyway, uh, the Cadbury cream eggs, yeah. if they were available all year round, would you? Would they lose all their right, specialness? I'm going to answer your question with a fact. <laughs> if you go in my freezer right now, there's a lot of Cadbury cream eggs in there, dude. Right. And, and so I take them out and eat them all year long. That's my point. No, I wouldn't lose specialness of the Baja Blast because I would say, great. I now got I a get special basement freezer devoted to pizza <laughs> and Cadbury eggs. It's all that's in there. Well, thank God. Because I was and worried. And pretty soon, was... insulin shots if it keeps going this way. <laughs> I was worried where this was going. What else you got? Human heads, Cadbury eggs, <laughs> and pizza. Introducing the new and improved Fan App. Listen to all your favorite shows and podcasts live or on demand. Download it now. Download it now. The Fan. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. A glimpse of all the meaningless conversation from the past week. Oh, this is your lucky day. Now back to the stupid. So according to people. Oklahoma and Texas aren't just talking to the SEC. They're going. 
People Magazine actually broke yes, this. Yes, People America. Magazine I'm very broke excited it. about that. Right. Good Texas and Oklahoma, they're just like us. Oh, that's Us Weekly, not People <laughs> what, Magazine. What, what are they wearing? Texas and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I saw Gene Smith say that the Big Ten hasn't had conference-wide discussions about realignment and talks about not overreacting. And I really hope that's something that just Gene is saying to oh, us. I, but, I hope so, too. You know, that's not... That's not overreacting. That's reacting. You have to react now. If Oklahoma and Texas have essentially RSVP'd to the SEC, the dominoes that are going to fall based off of this decision is massive. I'm already reading pieces about how, well, the ACC is going to get into league with the Pac-12 and they're going to form a super conference. You can't allow that to happen. You can't, as the Big Ten, just sort of sit on the sidelines and then pick up the pieces of what's left. You have to be proactive on this. Well, let's let's put all this into perspective, too, because now from what we understand, it appears that this was being done like six or eight months December. ago. December. Yeah, they were talking about were not just Texas, Oklahoma and Texas are said, screw the rest of these jabrones in this conference. We're the two biggest draws. And Oklahoma, I don't know why you insist on hooking your wagon with Texas, but whatever, they look at it from the financial standpoint and say they're the two big dogs, even though Oklahoma is the only one anyone truly and honestly cares about outside of the state of Texas, but whatever. They decide to go together to the SEC and say, hey, we're open to moving. What do you got for us? There's a couple things here that are extremely telling about Greg Sankey and the SEC. One is they, have you noticed how they were pushing hard and heavy to expand the college football playoffs? And remember when we said at the time, cool, but that seems like it's out of nowhere. That seems now like, we know why. right. And, and it wasn't that they went to eight. They went right to 12 teams, which also was like, why are they going to 12 teams? Well, I guarantee you, Texas and Oklahoma's one reservation about joining the SEC is we don't want to become the fifth team in the SEC. We want to know, or if we are, we want to know we still have a chance at the playoffs. We don't want to become what Texas A&M has become. Exactly right. And and so getting an expanded playoffs allows Texas and Oklahoma or anyone else who joins the SEC to know, yeah, there's a chance they could get four SEC teams into that expanded playoffs or five or God forbid, like it just goes up from there. But you know what I'm saying? That's. I guarantee you that's one of the big motivators why all of a sudden the SEC was out in front of saying, we we got to expand the playoffs. We got to do that. The other part of this that's really interesting is if you believe all the reports, they did not tell Texas A&M a damn thing about oh, this. Oh, and I believe that. The SEC, I believe that Texas and A&M has no idea. Of course. Well, no, it seems like they, it, that seems to be genuine because Texas A&M is fighting this. You know, they're the only, the only reason this will not happen is if Texas A&M could find some loophole or some legal problem that wasn't checked beforehand, but I'm quite sure it was. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. I know. A&M, I'm just saying, A&M was not informed of this, and according to all the people with Texas A&M, they had gentlemen's agreements, which you know how good those are, gentlemen's agreements with the SEC that said, and, and all the teams apparently had this, if you're going to expand and bring in any new team, you can't do it without the approval of the, the teams that are already in that state in the SEC. So if for some reason they wanted to bring Miami into the SEC, well, Florida would have the ultimate veto power to say, no, you can't have, you can't have Miami in the SEC. Sorry, we're not going to allow it. We're Florida. That was what 
Texas A&M was told they had with a potential move from Texas. Now, apparently, that is not, that's not the case. They do not have ultimate veto power. Gentlemen agreements exist until the dollar amount gets to be at a certain point uh-huh. where they just free. Look, man, they're talking about exit fees to get out of the Big 12 that each Oklahoma and Texas would have to pay the Big 12 $74 million to get out of their Big 12 deal. And they're not even blinking at that because the amount of money they're going to make in new SEC. Right. That's the, that's those are the dollar amounts we're talking about here. 74. What was the what was the penalty that uh Nebraska had to pay the Big 12? Oh, you know, I don't remember. But was I Was it I, like 17 million dollars yeah, or something like this. that? It was it was a a big number, but a low number when compared to $74 million, and they're not blinking at it. Right. Well, and I mean, as we talked about yesterday, as far as I know, this is still the case. Like, you are going to have Texas and Oklahoma playing in the Big 12 this year. But, like, they they can call the move official and say, yes, we've signed paperwork, and in 2023, we're going to move. Yeah. But they're going to play in the Big 12 this year. This is going to be a very odd college football season and in that front, too, where you're going to have these two conferences looking at it going, well, this is technically eventually going to be an SEC team. They're going to I just that that whole thing is just so bizarre that it's coming together this way. Obviously, it seems like the more we read about this, Texas and Oklahoma did not want this getting out. Texas A&M for sure did because they wanted to throw a big old wrench in it. And this is about all they have to do. That's why that Houston Chronicle reporter probably got this story. So. This is all Texas A&M trying to throw their fit. And I don't blame them. I'd be mad too. If they, if I was told by the conference that I joined, the like, hey, you don't have to worry about the big brother that always kind of gets the best and takes all the headlines. You don't have to worry about them coming to the SEC. You have veto power. And then now suddenly they find out they don't. And I, I saw some people ask, well, you know, Oklahoma and Texas had an opportunity to do this 10 years ago, and they didn't. They stuck in the Big 12. It looked like the Big 12 was going to implode, yep. right? But they stuck in the Big 12. That's true. Times have changed. The money has changed. The SEC network did not exist back mm-hmm. then 10 years right. ago. Now it does. You have the complication with the Longhorn network, but it's not really a complication because they're both owned by ESPN. So that wouldn't be an issue with the SEC network. They would cuz what what is the Longhorn network obligated to stay on the air till is it 2023 20, i thought no i think it's like 2031 or something is it like that, that long it's a long all right time. well let's say well it's not that long i guess because let's say it's 10 years that is yeah it's not that's a fairly long let's, time. let's call it 10 years but and then that will eventually go away it will be absorbed into the sec network yeah i well what that means though is this if texas goes on and is a part of you know the espn sec partnership Texas, the Longhorn Network will still exist and probably won't run a bunch of like women's softball games. And there will be something that they'll have to work out where you get some kind of football product on the Longhorn Network, a game or two. You're not getting an SEC game on there, just like you're probably not getting a Big 12 game on there, right? I mean, all the Big 12 conference games are all pretty much spoken for. This is part of the ESPN package where ESPN can put these games wherever they want. I don't think ESPN's you know going to put love to see? Texas and Florida, let's say. They're not going to put that on Longhorn you Network. Have, you have the Yes Network, right? They just don't have Yankee games. Well, they have other teams on there. They have the Nets on there. They have uh, who else is on Yes? Uh, do they? Do they have, no, I was going to say they have the Knicks, but I don't think they do. That's another network. 
I don't no, know. I don't may, know who else they have. They may have the. I don't. I don't know. They may Doesn't have matter. the Knicks or MSG has the Knicks. I, I don't know. Yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. I don't know, but I would actually love to see, just from an outsider's standpoint, you know, Texas A and M's all butthurt about this. I would love to see them have a game on the Longhorn Network. <laughs> well, you're in the Longhorn oh, State. Oh Lord, I would be. Oh, I'll tell you this, man. If I'm Texas A and M, well, a couple things here. If I'm Kevin Warren and I've got a pulse, I'm calling Texas A&M and saying, you're getting screwed here, buddy. Like this. Oh, you better be calling everybody today. Well, I know, but but I'm calling Texas A&M specifically and saying, hey, man, look, I I get why you're mad about this. Come be the Texas representative in the Big Ten. Like expand our brand down to Texas. We're we're willing to have you. You know, I, I would be opening that up. And we'll put it in writing. No gentlemen's agreements. Yeah, we you, won't have another Texas school call, in the Big calling, Ten. Yeah, and, we're not calling Tech. We're not doing no, any of that crap. Baylor can go to hell. Yeah, ba- we're, we're not TCU. taking Baylor. TCU can go to hell. Because all those schools are going to be looking now. Because the Big 12 is very much on shaky ground. I saw a story today that said, oh, the Big 12 is going to have to look at Cincinnati and these schools from the Mountain West. And I thought, it's going to be tough to do if your entire conference implodes. And if you think just Texas and Oklahoma leaving... I'm sorry, man. Their their TV deal will go down sixty percent. No, it's if they just their stay, deal's already a joke. And if they just add the Cincinnati's or Memphises of the world, that's, that's not disres- going to. By add the way, it. that's disrespectful to Cincinnati. It is. If Cincinnati's going to join a Power Five conference, it ain't going to be the has been Big Twelve. They'd come to the Big Ten if they can get in. Right. Common Man and T Bone Weekend. Cleveland Plain Dealer. We told you yesterday had their poll of everybody who covers college football and Buckeyes run away. Best team in the Big Ten. Well, they did it for the coaches as well. And Ryan Day narrowly topped the list. Ryan Day got 16 first place votes for a total of 74 points. The number two guy actually got 17 first place votes. Yeah. But fell short on total points. He only had 72. So Ryan Day, 74. Second guy on this list, 72. And who is it, of course? Pat Fitzgerald. Pat Fitzgerald, number two on this list. Kirk Ferentz got a first place vote. He was third on this list. Paul Christ, Tom Allen, James Franklin, and then a tie for seventh. P.J. Fleck and Greg Schiano. <laughs> Got one point. Jim Harbaugh did not. Yeah, of course he did didn't. not get a point. Of course he didn't. Out of this, no, no. Everybody would be anybody who would do that would be insane to put Jim Harbaugh in that discussion right now. But look, I I know that Ryan Day technically won this, seventy four points total to Pat Fitzgerald seventy two points. But you know, there's lots of benefits to being the head coach at Ohio State. You are paid handsomely. You're the head coach of one of the most talented teams in the country that more often than not will run over all the competition in their conference. But the downside of coaching at Ohio State is that you rarely get the credit you deserve for coaching at Ohio State. I thought Tress was overlooked with stuff like this because the rest of the media would look at him and say, well, I mean, yes, he had a good year, but he's at Ohio State. So, of course, he had a good year. Yeah. Urban, same thing, and now Luke Fickle is falling into that pattern where they look at a guy like Pat Fitzgerald and they say, oh, but look, look, you want to talk about a coach. He's a coach. Yeah. All right. (laughs) But he gets, I mean, I understand why, right? No, I understand why too, but every single year 
it seems, even when you win the national championship, yeah, you rarely get the love because you're the coach of Ohio State. Well, you know, to that to that end, I think it's kind of like saying if you went around the country and said, what's the best restaurant in the country? You know, a lot of people would instantly go, wow, we got to, well, let's think here. You've got places that, well, there's this mom and pop shop in Detroit that does the best conies you've ever had. Or you go to this place in Soho and they have just got some amazing fusion dish that they make. The reality is the best restaurant in the country is probably McDonald's. Why? Because it sells more of its food to people than probably anyone else in all of the country as far as doing that, right? As far as making those meals, getting them out to people, feeding people. They're probably the most successful, but no one wants to write that because that's too obvious. You know what I'm saying? I know it's not the highest quality, but it's usually going to come out on top as far as revenue and everything else. But the answer would be there's too many built-in advantages. McDonald's has been doing this for years. Ah, They've already got the infrastructure set up. What about this other company that's an upstart? They're changing the game. That's what it is with Ryan Day or with Ohio State football coaches, to your point, is everyone knows the Ohio State football coach is going to be one of the two or three best in the conference every year. But because of the built-in success and how many wins they've already had, I think there's always this attempt to say, well, let's go somewhere else. Let's think, let's be smart. Let's go look at, oh, Pat Fitzgerald. And he he does a great job. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying that he's not a great coach. I used to kind of be on that bandwagon, but I'll, I'm giving that up. It's fine. He's a great coach. But just because he has worse recruits and still gets a lot out of them does not mean he's a better coach than Ryan Day. It means he's a very good coach. And so is Ryan Day. I can understand why you'd have a split opinion on that. We keep changing the locks, but they keep finding new ways to get in. It's Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. The best or worst from the past week. Now back to the show. University of Michigan, I think, has done something smart. This is from ESPN.com. It is what, in what is believed to be the first deal of its kind, Michigan Athletes' official retail store, the M-Den, announced yesterday it is partnering with Wolverines football players to create custom jerseys to sell with the player's name and number on the back. So these players will have name, image, and likeness deals with their school so that the school can sell apparel with their last name on it. Yeah. Now, the way this is going to work, this is actually through the custom jersey thing. They're not going to... More or less what it means is you can walk into the store and say, hey, I want player X's jersey, and they'll go, cool, let me go print that for you. As opposed to, here's, you know, 500 jerseys with this player's name on it. You know what I mean? In the past, believe it or not, you couldn't just walk in, and you still can't to most campuses. You can't walk into a store and say, I want a jersey with a current player's name on it. That would, last year at Ohio State, you could not say, I want a just, I want a Fields jersey with the number one on it. You couldn't do it because they weren't printing just those jerseys with right. all these different numbers. I, I've seen people turned away trying to do that. they Because they, they say, no, we know what you're doing. That's a name image. Well, you can problem. you can even say, well, the Fields is my last name. It does, it does not matter. Well, they you can won't get do a, it. Yeah, if you want to get a different number or something yeah. to put on it, maybe. But yeah, they were not going to sell you an official jersey with that on it. Now they are saying at Michigan's, you know, official team store, they will do this. So... I would guess there will be other schools that will find ways to get that done too because everyone benefits from that. I'm sure the players are getting a cut of that. Certainly the school is going to make money on it. The store is going to make money. I think that would be great. I hope they can continue to roll that out and maybe even find a way 
You know, it's almost like, Mike, if there was some organized student, like, players union that has been offered. I mean, that's been talked about, right? It never has come to fruition, probably never will. But if they did something like that, that's how you could license this, like the Players Association does with the NFL. Here's all of our name, image, and likeness. Every player gets a cut of this. And here are our names. You can put them in everything. You can put them in video games. You can put them on jerseys. You can put them wherever you want. That's where this, I think, will eventually head maybe years from now. But that's that's where they would have to go to get to that point across the country. Uh, Texas A&M is doing something different with name, image, and likeness. A Texas A&M fan site. What is this site? Texags.com. Okay has struck a deal to pay two Aggies football players $10,000 each for exclusive feature interviews ahead of SEC media days. All right. So you come on with us. This is the only place that people can see you is texags.com. Yeah, I think that's this blurs different lines than name, image, and likeness, right? Like totally cool that these players are going to be able to make some money. I hope they do. There are a lot of journalistic outlets that refuse to pay for interviews for the sports they cover, right? Because that then questions, if you're paying these two guys this money for access and then something comes up about that player, is this website, now that they have this this partnership where they're making money off these guys, Will they report on it the same way? Even if even if each person working at that website says, yes, I would still report on it. If it's negative, it's negative. It has to be reported on. It's going to call into question whether or not your reporting is going to be done on the up and up. Now, this is a fan college football website. A little different than, say, <laughs> the Washington Post or the New York Times. But that is why journalistic no, outlets, it, it is. they tend and to frown on spending money for access because of that one ethical factor. It's an interesting dilemma because, you know, we have, during football seasons, we have the Ryan Day show. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he doesn't do that show for free. No, he does not. That's he's, part of the media deal. It's You're part of the media right. deal. He's, he's paid to come on here. And he's on other radio stations across the state that carry Ohio State programming, but... You know, we have. It's hosted by Paul Keels mm-hmm. and Jim Lachey. Paul Keels is an employee of this radio station. Yeah, and so you know, one can make the same point. If there's some sort of Ryan Day scandal, would we cover it the same way? I can't speak for everybody, but oh, yeah. I know that I know we would. We we have. Yeah, and of we've pissed people off with comments in the past. We've had discussions here at the radio station. Nothing substantial but just sort of like what if discussions about you know we have jason stark on every single week right mm-hmm. we don't he doesn't do that for free i mean he likes coming on with us but we pay jason stark a fee every yeah. single week to come on when jeff rimmer comes on we pay jeff rimmer a fee yeah every single week we we think of those guys as part of the radio station and think nothing of it so would it be out of bounds to go out and get an Ohio State football player and say, here's $10,000, he's $15,000, and you go on morning juice once a week during the football season, and you can go on no other morning show in Ohio. Would that be out of bounds? We've had those discussions. Yeah, I think the the difficult part here is, I mean, yes, we as a radio station, we will give you info and news as we get it, we are we do not have a hardcore news department in our radio station 
other than we have the Ohio News Network, but they're a completely separate entity from Correct. what you and I do here talking about this. We aren't qualified to go on ONN because we're not journalists. Like, we don't pretend to be. I do think it's weird when you're, and I'm not, you're right. There's some murkiness there too. I'm just saying with like a fan website. Now, again, it's fan website. Maybe they don't claim to be journalists either. But at some point. I'm quite sure they're breaking news though. Right. At some point, I know there will be sites that do this type of thing that cover college football that will probably look into doing the same type of deal. Because the amount of content you get from that, for these websites, if they get some kind of, you know, good information and nuggets from players for paying for access, it will probably give them a lot of clicks and get them a lot of people watching it and checking out the videos or checking out whatever articles are written because of this. I'm not denying that it makes them money and probably is a good deal for everyone. It's just going to make those lines murkier when it comes to journalism for whatever that's worth. You're, you're absolutely right. I just, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily know where the line is. I don't know how we can be consistent on that. Look at Tom Brady. I, I don't know what he does in Tampa, but when he was in Boston, he had a weekly hit on, I think it was EEI sure. in Boston. He'd go on there every single week. Well, and I think that I, I here's He here's didn't do that reality. for free. There will be some people who look at that. The fact that this radio station has the Ryan Day show, the fact that WEEI had the Tom Brady show or the Tom Brady Tom Brady. <laughs> hey, what Tom Brady. <laughs> You got to be more Irish. (laughs) The Tom Brady segment, they will look at that and say, well, they can't be trusted to cover that team ethically. I don't think that's right, but it is certainly going to be a question for some people. But yeah, that's where a competing, you know, entity would, you know, be able to say, well, we do cover them because we don't have that segment with Tom Brady. So yeah, I mean, there's, there's room for that discussion. I totally get it. I think it's, it's something that now that the players are also able to get into that, at some level with the coaches, it was a little different, right? It was, yeah, yeah. there's only one coach. You want to get the info. You got to talk to him. Here's how you get it. Now that there's 85 scholarship athletes for football alone that everybody can go talk to and possibly pay for access to, that can be really interesting and possibly very lucrative for some of those players. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend celebrating all the award-winning material from the past week. Also celebrating Big Voice Guy being a pathological liar. Let's get back to the show. Ryan Day at Big Ten Media Days today took the podium. I like his beard, by the way. He looks very evil with his beard. I approve of it. Teddy, do me a favor because I have some very clean audio here, but it's too clean. At certain points in this audio, will you insert the bullwhip? (laughs) Thank you. Perfect. This is Ryan Day talking about the development of his young team. You know, I feel good about the team. I, I feel good that we have some veteran uh, groups, but but I think that there's also some inexperience in some areas. And so um, it sounds like coach talk, but uh, in order to, to get back here, which you know has been tremendous for us to get here, is we have to figure out a way to win the first game. Otherwise, it doesn't matter. And how is that going to happen? It happens with an unbelievable preseason and, and staying in the moment. And, and that's been uh, our mantra there at Ohio State for a long time is to stay in the moment, not get too worried about what happened yesterday, not get too far out in front of you in terms of worrying about, you know, playing in, in championship games. 
you got to do a great job of maximizing the day. And, and if we can just stay on that focus, um, you know, we're going to have a chance to play in some championship games. But, but yeah, I mean, when you look at the, the youth that we have at linebacker, you look at our, our youth at quarterback, you know, that's, that's something that we got to make sure we're doing a great job of addressing. But we also have really good players around it. We have really good depth on defense, the D-line. Uh, our secondary has more depth now than it's had in a while. And then on offense, I feel like we have pretty good depth at all the other positions. All right, thank you. He's in a regular season form with the Bullwhips. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's good. And if that were if we didn't put those in, you wouldn't know what to do with yourself. Something would be missing. Yeah, it would feel it would feel like you're not getting the full Ryan Day presser experience. Uh, here is Ryan Day talking about how he wants his team in the right mindset as they head to fall camp. I think the easy thing to do is coming off of last year is to focus on, you know, what what would happen in the game at the end of the year. How do we get back to the national championship game? Uh, but but more importantly this year, it's going to be how do we win that first game at Minnesota with a young team? We're going to have a young quarterback, and uh, you know we have to start the season really strong. So this preseason is going to be very, very important to us. We have to you know, really come out of the gates strong and, uh, and harden ourselves as we head into the first game. So looking forward to that, and it's going to be a long way all the way to, to the end of the season. So uh, we get started here in a couple weeks. and That was some good editing right there. <laughs> It started at the end of the season, and okay, who cut that one up? And scene. That's employee we're, of the month. We're done. All right. Good time. You know there. what? Can I actually edit that right on the air? Yeah, go ahead and edit it real quick, just so we can hear what well, it should sound like. I want to hear. I mean, well, you know what? Because we're going to use it again like seventeen more times between now and you know Monday night. So might as well make sure everybody else that plays the same audio. It is in the good. Monday folder. Mm. Well, it's Mike. People are going to use it on Monday. No one, no one on Friday who's on the air is going to use it. Come on, get it right. I'm trying, man. Don't screw this up. <laughs> Don't mess up. Yeah, get to, get it. Put one of those in there too, so it sounds like a real Ryan Day press conference clip. Well, how should we end it? A couple, couple weeks. See, this is good. This couple is weeks. A- Try that. See how it sounds with a couple weeks. Come on. Hold on. You're in the matrix. In a couple now. weeks. People don't understand. This is what it sounds like. This is what all the people behind the scenes do here is that they like scrape the record across and just let the needle hit. All right. I think I edited it. I mean, this is just me doing it on the spot. Let's hear how it sounds. This is how it ends. Okay. And we get started here in a couple weeks. Hey, just ends. Yeah. This is what we're doing now. Here in a couple weeks. Host editing audio on the air. Yeah. This is how it ends. It's good. All right. Well, media, look. Big Ten Media Days, it was nice to see everybody gathered today. Because obviously last year we didn't have this. Mm-hmm. We had virtual media days. They're all in Lucas Oil Stadium. They're all gathered. You've got the players there talking to Leprechauny Dave Rebson <laughs> on Big Ten Network, our favorite your guy. guy. Your guy. He our loves favorite us. guy. Loves us. Big fan but it was, it was nice to see. And yes, most of it was coach speak. And most of it was, you know, the players coming on and you know, saying player things, not wanting to upset the apple cart, but that means that football is coming closer. Yeah, it does. And I'm, I'm excited to see that. I'm as much as I tend to think, and I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way. Like I know it's good for the media and to get every, get everybody in one place and ask all these coaches questions. But really what big 10 media day for me means is that now the real stuff is about to start. Cause what you heard today is, a bunch of, oh, gosh, I don't know. We're going to see what happens in camp. And, oh, we think this guy's good, but we also want to see this guy. And, yeah, we're just really excited. Everyone's excited. Everyone's hopeful. 
everything is going to hopefully go the way these coaches want. But in a couple weeks' time, we're going to find out what's actually going on with some of these battles in camp. We're going to get to find out some of the positions that you're wondering about, who's going to be playing and starting and all that. Not just with Ohio State, with everyone. I'm excited for all that stuff to start coming out, too, as we get closer and closer to the actual college football season. But you have to have this occur first before we can get to all that fun stuff. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. Let's talk about the most hated players in the NHL. Uh, I saw this today. Who tweeted this out? I don't remember. This is onlinecasino.ca. All right? All right. They've they've put together this study for us. They say that Tom Wilson mm-hmm. is the most hated player in the NHL based on social media negative reaction. What a shock. Tom and, Wilson's and a piece of crap. Common sense, Yes, too. based on common sense, but... You know, there are some people who don't buy into common sense because of all of Tom Wilson's mentions on social media, 36.8% of those mentions are positive. All right? Yeah, I, I saw that in this this article, and right off the bat, I have questions about what constitutes. Well, a hold on a second. I'm going to ask this question, mention. too. So okay. 36.8% positive, 15.3% neutral. I don't know what that means. Who's like tweeting, Tom Wilson is a person. <laughs> right. Like, th- w- you can lay out the negative, and I'll get back to negative positive is 47.9%. That is number one, but it's not number one by a large amount. Oh. Talk about that in a second. No, okay, so positive neutral, my question is this. Are, a, are they counting, like, tweets from the team? That's like, Tom Wilson takes a, you know, penalty here. Go into the you know go into the penalty box. Well, they shouldn't be right. Well, I don't know what they mean by mentions because if you're just counting all these mentions, it's well, like that's fair. Maybe enough. that's a neutral mention where it's just like we're just or or, or forget the team. Uh, some hockey writer tweets that. That's not positive. That's not negative. All right. That's just reporting on what actually happened with him. Positive, I'm guessing, is like Tom Wilson. Yeah, love seeing his attitude out there. That's great. That would obviously be a positive mention. We know what the negative ones are, so. I'm just curious what neutral means. Tom Wilson's number one, 47.9% negative reaction on social media. Artemi Panarin, our old friend, is number two. His positive mentions, 41.7%. Neutral, 10.5%. Negative, 47.8%. So I told you that Tom Wilson was 47.9%. Artemi Panarin is 47.8%. I would assume a large portion of those negative mentions come from fake Russian bots. Well, I was just going to say, like, I assume this is not Artemi Panarin. You know, I know, I know there are people that probably hate him because he's a good player and scores a lot of goals. And that, he scores that's right. Team. But he's very outspoken about Russia. Yeah. Russia so like, is known to meddle online with things. Right. I'm just, I'm wondering if that's where the majority of that would come from. Cause that, that would be shocking. Even though we've made plenty of garage jokes back in the day and we'll continue to do so. Like, that's not, I don't think, what they're looking at here. They're they're seeing clearly negative comments, and I wonder how much of that is just from a, like, Russian disinformation campaign. TJ Oshie is number three. By the way, if you play on the Washington Capitals, chances are you're on this list. They have Tom Wilson mm-hmm. at one, TJ Oshie at three, Ovechkin is at ten on this list. So it's TJ Oshie at three, William Nylander from the Leafs at four. Nylander, right? I think, I think it's Evander Kane at five. Uh, Phil Kessel is at six, and Patrick Laine 
is yeah, at seven. That's Patrick Line is at seven. Was, was some of that from Jackets fans who were mad? I don't. <laughs> like I don't know. John Tortorella. He joined, is he joined Twitter just to make this happen. <laughs> John Tortorella is responsible for half of those. Uh, Patrick Line, forty-eight point one percent is positive. Thirteen point five percent is neutral, and thirty-eight point four percent is negative. Yeah, I mean, he's not mentioned nearly as much. For example, Tom Wilson has nineteen thousand and twenty-one mentions during this time period that they're measuring. Mm-hmm. Patrick Line during that same time period just had three thousand nine hundred and thirty-nine. Yeah, mentions. That's, that's not not a ton, but. Lots of negative reaction there. And I, I don't know what Patrick Line is going to turn out to be, right? I'm, I'm not falling over backwards saying that he's right every single time he opens up his mouth. All I say with Patrick Line is he has the ability to be one of the best offensive scorers in this game. And it would be a shame if he didn't achieve that, not because he was limited in some way with his own skill set, but because the Jackets didn't allow it to happen. Yeah, I know. It's... I, I think we're going to get to see a chance of that this year, see what he can actually do. But, yeah, it's, it, I don't know what his career is going to look like. Well, he's and got one year left on his deal, right? I would think that this year that you need a primary scoring option. I would think he's going to have a ton of goals and be like, I'm not saying the Jackets will be good because of it. No, he may just say, I'm going into business for myself. Absolutely I got to right. get my numbers here. Yeah, and I and I don't blame him necessarily for doing that, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to help the Jackets. Just I would see him having a big year this year. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. A glimpse of all the meaningless conversation from the past week. Focus is your lucky day. Now back to the stupid. Some fake news, according to some. This is from the New York Post. Lustful Olympic athletes should think twice before making the bedrock in Tokyo. The world's best sports comp- competitors are set to spend their nights on cardboard beds allegedly designed to collapse under the weight of fornicators. <laughs> <laughs> to discourage sex amid COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Olympic officials were already warned the 2021 Games participants to avoid two-person push-ups because of the coronavirus have set up 18,000 of the cardboard beds in the notoriously sex-crazed Athletes Village. Mm. Uh, here is a quote from American distance runner Paul Chelmo. Beds to be installed in Tokyo Olympic Village will be made of cardboard. This is aimed at avoiding intimacy among athletes. Beds will be able to withstand the weight of a single person to avoid situations beyond sports. I see no problem for distance runners. Even four of us can do because they're (laughs) tiny. Now, this has been debunked by some of the other athletes who have taken pictures and videos of themselves jumping on the beds at the Olympic Village. Well, now the Olympic organizers say Yes, there are elements of cardboard and recycled materials to these beds, but it's just because we want to be greener, not because we want the bed to collapse if people are humping on it. (laughs) Although they do, they are saying they're discouraging the humping. Well, of course, yeah, they're trying to do COVID protocol. I I assume if, like, you walk around and, like, put your mask on, it's like, well, me and this uh, lady are going to go do some things in that room. They're like, oh, yeah, you take your mask off, do whatever you got to do. It's fine. Like, I don't think that's how that works. If you're trying to avoid COVID, you probably don't want to get too physically close to anyone. Yeah, I, I get it. But gold medals on the line for some of these people. I yeah, mean, you, you got to think about the, you know, the big picture here as much as that hot person across from you is like, yeah, let's, let's get it on. It's like, well, yeah, you're going to finish seventh tomorrow. I might win this damn thing. That's not a, that's not a 
deal I want to make right now. I like how, in, in my mind, it's Judge Mills Lane just standing right next to you saying, let's go, get it out. <laughs> but, you know, these are Olympic athletes. They're the best of the best. Mm-hmm. They grew up their entire lives with people telling them they couldn't do something. You're not good enough. You can't yeah, do that. You right. can't go to the Olympics. And what did they do? Did they say, oh, you're right? No. They powered through. I'm here to tell you, if you want to screw bad enough, you don't need a bed. Oh. All right? Push are through. You t- are you telling me Olympic athletes might be able to find some positions that don't involve yes! any beds That's what at I'm all? saying. There's a sink. Right? <laughs> There's all kinds of furniture. There's all kinds of stuff. You never know what you can find. You don't man. need a bed. As a matter of fact, this is a challenge to them. Yeah, of course. How many times can we do it not on the bed? <laughs> right. The bed is uh, also... I. Don't power lifters go to these things, too? Yes. Like, okay, I mean, you can't build them so that, like, there's going to be some 300-pounders that are going to get on those beds. Well, that's why they're saying this is fake news. Of course, right. Like, so there's no way you could design a bed that's like, no, it'll hold a power lifter, but if two people are going at it, no, it's going to collapse instantly. There's no way they could do that. Now, maybe what they can do, maybe something, if they want to discourage people doing it on the beds, is, you know, springs the beds have, like, little horns attached to them. Where it's just like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and you, you hear that enough. You're like, oh, just, just annoying spring noises. Yeah. Like they play uh classical music sometimes out in front of gas stations, keep people from loitering. They blast it really loud. Maybe you just do that. Your bed starts playing Bach all of a sudden. You're like, well, that's ruined the mood. <laughs> I can't, I can't. My, my bed turned into a harpsichord. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, turned up to Beethoven level. I can't even now I can't hear. I'm deaf. Oklahoma State will honor Barry Sanders with a statue outside their stadium, which is nice, but I want to propose something to you. All right. I propose that we should not in this country build statues of anyone who is still alive. Okay. I think living people being a statue is kind of weird. Well... Yeah, I think it's weird when you can go visit your own statue. I agree with that. And I think that if you're going to build a statue of somebody, they need to be buried directly underneath it. Interesting. Like, if I go to the United Center, they got the Michael Jordan statue out there. I want to know that Michael Jordan is resting comfortably underneath that statue. I mean, you don't want that now. No, I don't want that now. When he eventually (laughs) passes on. (laughs) And I don't want anybody to be unclear here. We want him to live a long and happy life. I'm just, yes, that's that's an interesting thought because I never really cared that someone isn't buried under the statue. But, yeah, I, I, you know, it's not a deal breaker for me. I just think it would add a little something. It would be special, but then you wouldn't be able to, like, go up and sit on the statue and take, like, a picture next to the, like. Why not? They, well, they'd rope it off. He's underneath. He's not no, coming. They, what, they, do you they, think his hand's going to pop up? No, now it's like a tomb. Now you, What's now the difference? They keep you, they'd, they'd have a barricade is what I'm saying. You wouldn't be able to get right up to the statue and like stand under it. You'd have to be probably five or ten feet well, away. I don't know why you just couldn't go up to the statue. Well, I, and I, I, you, I don't know. You had Climb the on thing. top of Michael Jordan. I don't know why Achilles is capitalized, but it is. That's just how Stupid. life works. Well, okay. They, they do that. You think with, if I died, they'd put a statue of me here at the radio station? Yeah. Probably in the bathroom. Yeah. It'd be a, it'd be a memorial, I want to be memorial underneath ur- it, urinal. <laughs> you want to be buried underneath it? I want to be buried underneath it. I'm, I'm, I don't want to be buried, actually. We, I want to be cremated. But if you build a statue of me, you can keep me whole. Well, keep me whole under there. Okay. But, I, I mean, I'm not, this is another thing I've never understood. Why can't you be buried and cremated? 
Like, I know people sometimes want the ashes, but what if you said, hey, I just want to make sure there's no chance I'm coming back, but still dig a hole and oh, stick the Oh, I thought you meant, it. like, just bury half of me and no. cut the other half off and <laughs> cremate it. I, I didn't know what you meant. <laughs> Oh, I want to be ashes. Put it in a little box, though. Smaller oh, and coffin. Then, and then bury the and ashes. And then bury the ashes. Yeah, so that's, do that. You could still be buried. I mean, obviously, it doesn't matter. You sprinkle them over the ground or whatever. It's all... My wife what? and I have had arguments about this. We're all worm food anyway, so I don't know why we're, we care. But, you know, yeah. I want to be cremated. She wants to be cremated. And... What do you want me to do with you? Anything you want. That's not specific! <laughs> but I'm dead. I don't... I don't care. You're the person on Earth who knows me the best, who loves me the most, it's your decision. Mm -hmm. It's your decision where you want to put me. She does not like that. She wants clear directions where I want to be. I'll tell you this. I could see her point only because she's thinking in her head, I want to make sure I'm doing the best I can for someone that I love. But anything she does will be the best for me. Well, but in her mind, and, and I could see this, like with my wife, Melissa, if she said that to me, I would say, man, there's like, Maybe two or three different places that are really special to us, special to her. Well, good news. She's going to get two urns full of you. <laughs> You're not fitting in one urn. Yeah. Well, no, she's she's actually renting out one of those planes that have the giant signs behind them. And it's going to be like, here lies T-Bone. And it'll just be like, what is this? What is this? I got dust on my... Oh, it's T-Bone. He's just... He's all over Columbus. Just like the radio I thought you signal. meant she was just going to be hauling your body in the no, sky. No, 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 no. What is it'll that be... plane flying? It's just a lifeless T-bone dead no, body. No, it'll be sprinkling the ashes out of the back with a giant oh, sign okay. that says, you're getting hit by a shower of T-bone. Congratulations, mm-hmm. and may he rest in peace. Common Man and T-bone. Catch the live experience weekdays from 3 to 6 and listen on demand at 971thefan.com. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Hey, Common Man here. I know what you're thinking. This guy again. But... We have some special bonus stuff for you. Sponsored, of course, by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. One is angry, the other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald! Bald, bald! Here's man and bone. I want to point something out. All right. I, too, would be bald. If I don't, if I didn't take these pills every single day, <laughs> I've been taking the Propecia pills or whatever the generic is called now yeah. for almost 20 years. It's called amateur Pecia. <laughs> I had to think about it for a second. Good job. <laughs> and I'm so terrified that if I stop taking these pills, like my hair will just fall out in one day. All of it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were watching last night. I had the NBA games on and uh, ESPN. I'm trying to remember who was alongside uh, Richard Jefferson. I wanted, Richard I Jefferson. Yes. Uh, maybe, I don't remember. It's one of the bald guys that does ESPN broadcast, whatever. And so Richard Jefferson is obviously shaved head. This guy also shaved head, you know, probably trying to forestall the inevitable. And Melissa's like, wow, man, everybody's just, you know, out here not embracing their baldness. And I'm like, You're, I, I too shave. Like, I don't let it grow long. I don't have like the, you know, coconut with a, Hulu skirt I think you on should. it. Like, no, I'm not going to do you that. You need a different look. And you can't shave it all the way. No. You I, can't be totally bald. You look like a clan member. Thanks. You, thanks. you would. I, you would look like a total I clan mean, member if you were totally bald. I would think you look like a clan member if you show up with a hood on. Like, that makes you. Yeah, but don't you just stop What am I now. supposed to do? I'm bald. Like, I just. You have that look to you. A fat white guy. 
there's bald. Now, is there that are it? other white people who can pull it off. I'm just <laughs> saying that that's not something you could pull off. I don't think. No, I have like shaved it all the way down. It's too much maintenance. That's I don't know if people realize that's a lot of shaving. That is you got to do it every day. Yeah, oh yeah, to get the to get the cue ball look. Yeah, like I have the stubble going, and sometimes it gets a little longer. Then I have to shave it back down. But the the cue ball polished dome thing. That's a whole nother level. Like of Stanley commitment. Tucci. Stanley Tucci is a white guy, but he can pull off the shaved head look without you looking at Stanley Tucci like, oh, he's going to burn a cross on somebody's lawn. But you're you, saying, I, I think you're people get the wrong impression. You would accuse me of it even though you know me and know I would never do right. something like that. I know, I know, I've known you the, for years. That's bad. But I would just yell well, racist at you and run away. Well, I'm glad I don't shave my head all the way down then. Is it okay where it is now? Because oh, it's just fine want, now. Okay, good. I yeah, just want to make sure. like every other fat. Soccer yes, loving guy. Good. Right I don't, <laughs> don't want to give off any vibes that are not accurate. So good. All right. A special thank you for consuming all the stupidity we can safely shove down your gullet. Come back for more podcasts. And again, the podcast is sponsored by our friends because they pay us. Care, heating, and cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. Stop listening now. The podcast is over. Turn it off. Go do something.